By now, we have all seen this clip of an alternative way of filling the tear trough through the buccal cavity. On this week's show, I'll be explaining why I will not be changing my tear trough technique, but I'm also going to have a look at it more objectively. What could be good about this angle of approach, and specifically what I think is bad about it. Before we dive in, don't forget to give the show a like. I really appreciate it. So in this brief clip, which starts after the cannula is in place, the patient appears relaxed and comfortable as the injector deposits filler into the tear trough via this unusual route. The injector is a highly experienced board-certified plastic surgeon. Now, it's actually because of this injector's credibility that I wanted to think through with my audience what is both good and bad about this procedure. One of the things I see disturb new injectors is the contradictory styles and advice from figures of authority in the space. What I always say is, never copy anyone, no matter how credible. Instead, try to understand their reasoning and see if it makes sense given your other training. In this way, you can build upon what you already know and become wiser rather than flailing insecurely between different trends. So let's look at how I understand this approach. The injector refers to a needle at a certain point, but I believe by the way it's pushing the tissue that this is in fact a cannula that is being used. This has been inserted under the top lip into a hole in the buccal cavity. The buccal cavity was cleaned with betadine solution prior to the procedure. The cannula was pointed straight up towards the orbit, passing underneath all the muscles of the face, past the origin of the infraorbital artery, nerves, through the deep medial cheek fat, parallel with the possible position of the angular artery, which sometimes crosses over from lateral to medial more superiorly in a significant minority of cases, and alongside the angular vein, which I believe it will pass quite closely to, probably inferiorly just before entering the souf. Once through the orbital retaining ligament, the product is placed in the suborbicularis oculi fat. That's where we all try and place tear trough filler. And the result is good. The patient appears happy, the injector claims a decrease in pain and minimization of bruising. It's safe to say that the procedure is not commonly done this way. But let's face it, there is no evidence that there is anything wrong with doing it this way. Because, and I'm sorry EBM crew, there's virtually no solid evidence for anything we do. All we can hope for is that collectively we think through the procedure, risks and benefits from first principles. So what I thought I would do is share my understanding of this area and the pros and cons of doing it this way from my point of view. We want to replace volume in the tear trough while minimizing trauma to nerves, arteries and veins and avoiding vascular occlusions as well as minimizing the risk of infection. At the same time, we want to make the procedure as comfortable as possible for our patient. Perceived wisdom is that the deeper injection is lower risk in the tear trough for aesthetic problems such as edema or puffiness which may occur over time. It's important to note that as I analyze this procedure, I am not judging the specific injector involved because I do not know enough about the patient or his skill set. I'm trying to anticipate how this procedure will play out in the hands of the average injector because there I can foresee more easily how injury can occur in attempting to replicate a process like this. Much of how I choose a technique is around minimizing the impact of drifting from perfect because we all do that from time to time, but it happens much more often in the first few years of practice. What would the impact of going too deep, too medial, or too lateral, or too superior be with the particular angle of entry used? So let's think first about what could be good about this particular technique. 
The entry point is so deep with respect to the anterior face that it probably is true that the risk of bruising may be lower, especially as a cannula is likely the instrument being used. Vessels including the facial artery close to the entry point are likely to be above the instrument, and any trauma at the entry point is also more likely to be invisible to the patient as it is so deep to the tissue we can see. The depth of entry does make it unlikely to ever find its way into a superficial plane, which is what we want because deep injections for tear trough are good and the cannula is behind all the major muscles of the face. So what is it that I don't like about this approach? The primary concern I would have if we were to collectively all switch to this technique is obviously infection. No doubt the area was cleaned beforehand, but the patient's normal flora will instantly bathe that entry point within the first few minutes after a procedure. In defense of the risk, I doubt a small hole in the tissue is a risk for most patients. As this entry is routine in dentistry for nerve blocks, the additional risk is really that the cannula drags bacteria all the way into the area where filler is placed as it's the combination of filler and bacteria that we really are afraid of. This probably can be quite well mitigated through a thorough clean of the area, but it intuitively still feels more risky to me than the percutaneous route. My next concern is that the path of the cannula appears to be crossing some important structures. The infraorbital nerve, artery and vein will all be vulnerable to trauma, even from a cannula. At the very least, it will be uncomfortable if the injector was to push the cannula fractionally deeper than intended, straight into the foramen, which once again is something an extremely experienced person may be less likely to do, but it is an inherent risk of that angle of entry. Just before entering the SUF, I believe you are also likely to encounter the levator labii superioris at its origin, as we are so deep to the entry point. We will on occasions have to find a way through that, which could pose an obstacle or cause discomfort or pain. At that same point, the angular artery is parallel to the instrument and probably medial, while the facial vein would be more likely very close and on occasion directly in the path of the cannula. Certainly none of these are a guarantee of complication or even a problematic procedure in every case, but these structures are certainly worth considering when deciding on the best path to, to enter the SUF. Also worth considering is the risk of the cannula going too far. With this angle of entry, we are pointed directly at the eye, and with many patients, a herniation of the retrobulbar fat and the orbital membrane increases the chance of filler making its way behind the orbital septum. If you remember, this was one of the complications Dr. Master discovered using MRI, and filler causing persistent swelling in the orbit that is then resistant to superficial hyalase can be the outcome. Of course, there's no way to analyze a technique without having an alternative to compare it to. So let's compare it to the more common technique which I see used and the one that I favor myself. In this technique, we use an entry into the lateral cheek, superior to the zygomatic ligament and inferior to orbicularis oculi ligament. We then pass the cannula through the cheek fat underneath the muscle. This technique, in my mind, avoids most arteries, nerves and veins and muscles, and the entry point is more easily cleaned and kept clean after the procedure. If you were to go too superior, you can still pass into the orbit, but the angle makes this less likely in my mind. Going too deep is most likely going to end up with the cannula hitting the nose rather than the globe. And the one potential downside is that the arteries and veins in a minority of cases run parallel with the cannula, making occlusion potentially more likely, although it's very rare to see an occlusion in this area at all. 
The saving grace is the extremely thin skin around the eye, which makes it extremely easy to locate the cannula and be sure you are not injecting into a vessel. Of course, this applies to whatever angle of entry you are using. In summary, I continue to favor the more common approach due to my understanding of the anatomy, making it seem a simpler and lower risk approach with respect to infection and the number of structures in the path of the cannula. But I may have also missed something. So what do you think? Can you see a reason to switch techniques? Let me know in the comments down below. Thanks for watching.